Hey guys, this is Cam. Um, I just wanted to uh, give you a little heads up on what's going on at points during this episode. We had a little technical snafu, and we ended up losing a little bit of audio. There are three different sections where our talking just cuts out for a couple of seconds. I deeply apologize, and we're going to do everything we can to rectify the situation. So please don't stop listening to us because of this. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Bye! Parents of the 80s, what were you doing? Wilford Brimley had not warned us about the diabetes yet. Welcome to Franchise Frights Podcast. I'm Cam. And I'm Mandy. And we're back. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Who had a birthday weekend? I had a birthday weekend. What birthday was it? It was 40. Was it good? It was good. It probably would have been better if your husband hadn't been sick. Yeah. But it was it was just a nice relaxing weekend. We went to an arcade. Mm-hmm. That arcade was awesome. Yes. If you are in the central Iowa area, I cannot recommend Monsterama Arcade in Des Moines enough. It was so much fun. It was fun. And it's a great deal. It is a great deal. It's like $15 for like all you can play. Yeah. For as long as you want to play. Yes. And they it's, have snacks. They have pinball. Drinks. So many of pinball. Yeah, they do have a lot of pinball. Let's see what else is going on in our world. Ooh, the NHL starts tonight. As we record this, the NHL starts tonight. Yeah, nobody listening to this cares. I get to watch my beloved Blackhawks. Woohoo! And Friday, we get to go see our Iowa Wild. Yeah. It's hockey season. It is. Um, let's see, what else do we have going on? I might go see the new Exorcist movie on Sunday. Oh. Maybe. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah, I've heard it's not good. I'll probably stay home and nap. Okay, and listeners, I'm going to throw something out here, and I want you to hit us back on social media and let us know your opinion on this. If you make more than one meatloaf, have you made meatloaves or meatloafs? I think it's loafs. Loafs? Meatloafs? It's meatloafs. Because it's like, if I have multiple of bread loaf, I would have loaves. Yes. But it feels really wrong to say meatloaves. Yeah, meatloaves does I don't like yeah. that. It's meatloafs. I'm like meatloaves, like it sounds like something dirty you do in bed. <laughs> like ugh, he was meatloafing. Yeah. It's loafs. Yeah. I land on loafs. I, I do too. But I would like to know what the listeners think. Okay. Um now you just have to wait like three months. Oh I know. <laughs> We're recording too far ahead. And then I'm gonna be like, if people are like tweeting at us or like commenting on Instagram, You're I'm gonna, gonna be like, remember. what what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Why are they talking about my meatloaf? Yeah. Uh do you have any horror movie news for us? Um, just that we watched Night of the Demons, the remake. It was made in two thousand and nine. 
and it was pretty comical. It was a lot of fun. I had fun watching it. Had Monica Kena and Shannon Elizabeth and Edward Furlong. Yeah. Edward Furlong playing Edward Furlong. Yeah, I feel like he wasn't acting at all in that movie. <laughs> he was just like, drugs and cigarettes. Have you seen the movie I watched last night? That uh, I think someone's in, or there's someone in your house? No, I haven't. You should watch it. Did you enjoy it? It's not like great, <laughs> but it's kind of along the lines of that. Like it's... Like a campy fun. Well, it's trying to be very um, scream. Like oh, I think it's trying they, to be all meta. They were trying. Well, no, like the original scream. Like they were just trying to make like a different type of serial killer, scary person. Oh yeah. But the end really falls off sharply, and it sucks at the end. Oh. But up until that, it's it's pretty good. It's, it's passable. It's gory. It has one of the worst Achilles scenes I've ever seen. Ugh. I'm <sighs> not a fan of the Achilles. No. It's terrible. But yeah, you should check it out. It's good. I shall do that. It's just a good fun watch. Not a good, good watch. Is the Achilles scene as bad as the bread slicer scene in the first uh, Fear Street movie? Ooh. Because that was... I don't know. This might... I mean, they show it. it... <laughs> That's not good. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, so for horror movie news, I have... Uh, there are three... New Strangers movies all being filmed at the same time right now. Really? Yeah, it's like kind of a sequel, kind of a prequel, kind of a continuation. I don't know. Are they related to one another? Like, yes. are they all from the same like studio? Uh, they're all from the same studio, but it's one director doing all three movies. And like, they're literally filming all three at the same time. He was like, on Monday morning, I could come in and film like a scene from the second movie and then in the afternoon i'm setting up a scene for the third movie and then like that evening like we're storyboarding for the end of the first movie what and uh it's directed by rennie harlan who did a nightmare on elm street 4 and exorcist the beginning oh but he's also done a lot of like good movies yeah those are just the <laughs> shitty ones he's done <laughs> yeah he hasn't actually Dipped into horror for quite a while. Oh, yeah. But he did direct Die Hard 2. Oh. So I'm pretty stoked. Okay. Yeah. That's about all I have for the horror movie news. Ooh, Mandy's taking a drink. I'm going to take a drink. I'm sorry if you hear my ice rattling. Is that what ice does in a glass? It rattles and tinkles. It makes noises. Okay. We got to get the sound. Eh. That one wasn't very good. No, the last one was better. No, toppling Goliath, you need to... Uh, you need to improve your can game. Yeah. But the beer game is on point. <laughs> I'm drinking a pseudo Sue from Toppling Goliath Brewing in beautiful Decorah, Iowa. Oh. Please sponsor us. Have we ever been to Decorah? I have. I don't think I've been there with you. I don't think we've... Mm -mm. It's beautiful up there. They have bluffs, lots yeah. of trees. I know, like, the, I've been to, like, the Dubuque area, and that's pretty. And Decor is a little more north than that, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, clear up by, like, Wisconsin. Okay. So, yeah, I guess without any further ado, we could jump right into the 1988 classic Child's Play. I'm so excited. And I do have to apologize for my voice. I can hear over the headphones that I don't sound great, but I'm just getting over a sinus infection, so... You just sound a little rough. Yeah. So, facts and figures on Child's Play. It was released November 9th, 1988. It stars Katherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, 
Alex Vincent and Brad Dorif. I'm going to have to look it up later, but I'm pretty sure that Brad Dorif is an Academy Award nominated actor. For what? Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for I've that movie. I've actually never seen that movie. Oh, it's good. We should watch it. Uh, it was directed by Tom Holland. No, not Spider-Man. I know. When I saw it, I was like, is it Spider-Man? And I don't I think was, he was alive mm, then. I know he wasn't alive <laughs> then. <laughs> A screenplay by Don Mancini, John Laffia, and Tom Holland. Uh, Produced by David Kirshner. Music by Joe Renzetti. Uh, Production company was United Artists. Distributed by MGM and United Artists. The runtime is 87 minutes. They didn't even make a full hour and a half. Nope. (laughs) Good for them. I guess the original cut was over two hours. Are you serious? And they just like hacked a lot of stuff out because the studio was like, no. 87 minutes felt like an eternity. Oh, 87 minutes felt perfect. Or uh, budget for the movie was $9 million. That, that, that's a lot. Uh, so that would be like $23 million now. Uh, box office take was $44.2 million or $114 million in today's dollars. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 73% and the audience gives it a 65%. IMDb score is 6.6 out of 10. And the Rotten Tomatoes consensus says, Child's Play occasionally stumbles across its tonal tightrope of comedy and horror, but its genuinely creepy monster and some deft direction by Tom Holland makes this chiller stand out on the shelf. Mm. Which I I will say this is a very well-directed movie. Yeah. Do you have any um, notes from... That's what I was just looking at. I'm like, I don't know where... I don't think I did any... Um... Any critics' notes? No. Wow. I I was a little discombobulated this week. Yeah. Well, it I was don't... birthday week. It was birthday week. I can hear your papers. Well, I know, because I also... <laughs> I'm just confused by my notes. We're good. Okay, so Roger Ebert called this a cheerfully, cheerfully energetic horror film. Uh, David Kerr of the Chicago Tribune said, would probably be snickering if it weren't so relentlessly stupid. (laughs) Uh, Richard Harrington of the Washington Post said, keeps things moving without rushing them. Unfortunately, Child's Play gets a little ugly at the end, not only because the finale seems to rehash, uh, oh, seems a rehash of virtually every shock movie of the last 10 years, but because it involves the very realistic terrorizing of a six-year-old boy. It's disturbing. Like, I feel bad for the child actor. Yes. And I think you said you put something in your notes about that for later. Yes. Yeah. Because there's one scene where you're like, oh, is he okay? He's not. He's not okay. Would you like to know what I thought of the movie before I watched the movie? I would love to know what you thought of the movie before you watched the movie. Nothing. You thought nothing of it? I thought nothing of it. I know I've only seen it once before. And I think you made me watch it like a long time ago, probably when we were dating. And you probably fell asleep. Probably. Um, (laughs) So like, I don't really remember anything about it. I just know there's a doll like trying to kill people. There's a dog snoring on our floor. (laughs) And I know that there's some stupid thing that you like to recite from it all the time. Ah, de due dembella. <laughs> Give me the power, I beg of you. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, so I have a lot of initial impressions from this movie. Okay. It came out when I was six, and I wanted to see it because of my my buddy doll, 
looking a lot like the villain. Well, yeah. And this was right after I developed my interest in horror movies. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's a scary movie about my My Buddy doll. How am I not going to go see this? Of course, my parents didn't want me to see it. That's probably wise. (laughs) And then I was sitting in my shared bedroom with my sister, who was nine years older than me. And she had the newspaper and she was looking at the... uh, the like movie releases Mm -hmm. and she showed me like they had a like a big section in the paper and it had all the movie posters for the week and she showed me the poster for it and she was like cam look at that creepy apartment building isn't that scary just think you're my buddy doll lives in there and he's gonna find you at our house and kill you and i was terrified did you still want to see the movie no (laughs) um but Fun fact was we were getting like a free movie channel weekend. Uh huh. The weekend it hit, I think it was HBO. Oh. And so I watched it like as soon as it hit cable. So you were probably seven by then. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> um, this movie also caused me to uh, sacrifice my My Buddy doll before I got rid of it. Oh, no. I was always convinced it was alive. <laughs> because of this movie. Did you light it on fire? No, I should have. But um, before my mom was going to give it to Goodwill, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to come back and get me. Like by this time I was oh, probably 20. 11 or 12. And I took it down to my dad's workshop and I clamped its head in a vice and I drilled a hole through its head and one through its chest to make sure that it wasn't alive. <laughs> and then you donated it? No, I showed it to my mom and I was like, I should probably just throw this <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, you gave poor some poor kid a like a mutilated my buddy yes. doll. No, uh, then she was mad at me too. She's like, some little kid would have really liked to have that, and I was like, well, I was making sure it was safe. So you were being the responsible doll owner. I was. You don't pass on a, a cursed doll. <laughs> my dog snores so well. He does. So you want to head into the plot rundown? Yep. Just hope my voice holds out. I, uh, yeah, you'll be fine. Okay, so we open with kind of an intense score. There's some uh, some high up on the piano keys playing. I really it's- paid no attention to the score in this movie. Oh, well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, just wasn't like memorable. Oh, I thought it. I, I liked it a lot because I thought it sounded like a music box. Oh yeah, like it sounded that. like a little kid's like wind up. Yeah. Thing. Uh, So we see two men chasing it out in an alley, and one of them says, I got the Strangler, Wabash and Van Buren. And then a cop car turns on its lights and its sirens. Uh, The two men shoot at each other, and one of the men dives over a car. And then he comes out of hiding and gets shot by a cop. One thing I thought was weird about him diving over the car was he like... It was the worst dive over a car ever. (laughs) He slid like he was going into home. it wasn't good. No. I, I'm sure they had a better take. Uh, now we see a man waiting in a van, and the van is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like black and red, yeah. and it's just, You I can love tell it. it's a bad guy van. Oh, yeah. He gets scared and takes off when his friend gets shot. It's a reasonable thing to do. Yeah. So uh, we find out that the guy chasing, doing the chasing, not being chased, the man doing the chasing is a cop. Yes. And uh, he shoots... Strangler? The Strangler. Why does the Strangler have a gun? Because you can't always strangle people. Okay. The Strangler starts screaming, Eddie, don't leave me. They really want to make sure you know that's Eddie. Yes. 
Uh, so the cop car chases after the van and not the shot man who's just kind of standing by the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, but it, he like, does he hide behind that pillar? What? I, I think he's hiding from gunshots. Okay. But the cop car just drives right by him. Yeah. He like sidesteps to the pillar. He's clearly still there. And the cop's just like, I'm going to go after the van instead. Well, uh, Detective Norris did say like, you go after him. Yeah. And I'll get Ray. But like, you were that, right there. That's his collar. He so, wanted the glory. He did. Uh, so the cop car chases after the van, and the shot man flees into a toy store after shooting at the cop again. And these guys are like doing their best stormtrooper impersonation. They can't hit a dime. No, they're like 12 feet away from each <laughs> other. So the cop calls the criminal man Ray. Uh, they play some hide and seek in the toy store, but it's like intense hide and seek. Mm hmm. Uh, The cop shoots the strangler in the chest, and the strangler crawls away, leaving a bloody trail behind him. How bad did you want that power play hockey? My next note is, there's a power play (laughs) hockey toy on the shelf, and I want it. It was so perfectly positioned. Oh, I know. It's just, every time I watch that movie, it's just fucking teasing me. Yeah, I was like, oh, I bet that just haunts Cam. It's like, look what you didn't have when you were a kid. Uh... (laughs) So the strangler staggers around the store and reveals that he's dying by touching his chest and going, oh, shit, I'm dying. Yeah, because getting shot doesn't indicate that. (laughs) He threatens to kill the cop and Eddie no matter what. Yeah. And I love his voice. His voice is so good. Uh, So the strangler starts repeating, I got to find somebody after a look of realization crawls across his face that, yeah. I can do something about this. And I am dying. So the cop continues searching for him, but he seems really half-hearted in his attempts. He's just kind of like looking around things like, "Eh, he's not over there. Maybe he thinks he's looking for a dead body at this point. I mean, he did just scream at him, though. Oh, that's true. Uh, The strangler collapses onto a pile of good guy dolls that he knocks over, and he's like super happy about the dolls being there. The strangler removes a doll from the box, and he starts doing a chant. And outside above the store, a thunderstorm forms out of nowhere. And he chants super intensely with his hands on the uh, the doll's forehead and Chest. tummy region. Chest area. So lightning strikes the store as he finishes his chant. And the windows all blow out and the cops staggering around. And there's some fires in the store. Just the- random things are on fire. <laughs> there's like, it looks like there's like, like a bomb explodes. Yeah. But not really. But then there's random things in, on fire inside the store. I mean, lightning does weird stuff. I, I, yeah, it's true. It's a natural element. You know, it's just, you can't control it. Mm-hmm. One thing I liked here is they zoom in on the dead killer and the doll at one point, And you can see like they have the same eyes. Oh. Like they're both very pale blue yeah. eyes and they're kind of the same shape. I liked that. So now we're going to cut to an apartment with a happy birthday banner in front of bright, sunny windows. I wrote, it's my birthday, because I was taking notes on my birthday. How great is that? I know. It was like the movie told me happy birthday. Don Mancini was like, Mandy, this one's for you. Yeah. Uh, We see a large box under the banner, and we hear happy cartoon music playing in the background. The cartoon sounds lame as shit. (laughs) And this little boy voice says that he has no friends and no one will play with him. I'm like, well, if you're going to keep whining like that, nobody's ever going to play with you. Uh, So then we see a good guy come down in a hot air balloon. 
And if you've never watched the movie, a good guy is just a My Buddy doll Mm -hmm. that's rebranded. Yeah. It has red hair instead of brown. Yeah. Uh, So they get in the hot air balloon together and they float away while the good guy theme plays on the TV. Because now he has a friend. Yeah. So now we see a little boy looking at the TV and he's like really disappointed. He's like, I've already seen this one. Mm -hmm. But he's wearing his good guy pajamas. Mm Mm-hmm. He looks like a good guy. And he's on a mission. He's doing something. He is. He goes to the kitchen to start cooking. Yeah. Uh, He has to use both of his hands to lower the bread into the toaster, (laughs) because toasters are hard. (laughs) We see that he is prepping like a whole tray of food. There's a glass of OJ, and then he carelessly dumps a shitload of good guy cereal into a bowl and just spills it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. What six-year-old kid can't prep a bowl of cereal? Like, by then, I think your motor skills have developed to the point where you can pour a bowl of cereal. Probably pour the cereal. The milk might be a little harder. Yeah, but he spilled the cereal everywhere. That's true. And he just doesn't care. Yeah, he's just a dick. Yeah. He's a <laughs> shitty little kid. Uh, the cereal looks like a, sh- a sugar coma just waiting to happen. Yeah. It has, like, really big pieces in it that look like gingerbread men. <laughs> and then there's marshmallows and, like, kicks and tricks sized balls of sugar. Yeah, there's just sugar. Yeah. So what does he do? He dumps more sugar on it. Okay. Why was this a thing? I don't know. Did your parents do this? Uh, If I had a non-sugared cereal, they would. Oh, my parents did it even with a sugared cereal. No, like if I had Rice Krispies or like plain Cheerios. See, there I can... Or like Wheaties. I can kind of understand it. But like, but like, here, I'm feeding you sugar for breakfast. Let me put some more sugar on it. <laughs> like... Parents of the 80s, what were you doing? Wilford Brimley had not warned us about the diabetes yet. <laughs> well, and then I put in my notes, I'm like, um, I don't eat cereal very often, but when I do, I have to put sugar on it now because that's how cereal tastes. And like, it doesn't <laughs> taste right if I don't do it. Oh, boy. So I don't, I never put sugar on Nolan cereal. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> uh, so the kid dumps like a half a gallon of milk into the bowl and it just overflows while yeah. the TV announces that they have a special good guy message just for you. So the TV announces that you can now own your very own good guy doll. And there's a terrifying mascot guy in a good guy costume. It's terrifying. He's ginormous. His head is so big. Yeah. His head is like the size of my torso. Yeah. The mascot doll says that the dolls say three phrases. They turn their heads and blink their eyes when you talk to them. And the doll that is sitting next to him demonstrates with a, Hi, my name is Oscar, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha ha ha. <laughs> and the kid is super fucking stoked about this. Well, yeah. Like, he's... He can have his own my... Oh, I almost said my buddy, <laughs> but it's a good guy doll. <laughs> now he can play out all those great adventures at home. But we see behind him, it appears the kitchen is on fire. Yeah. So uh, he pops up the burnt toast and just slaps it on a plate with like an ice cream scoop's worth of margarine. Okay. First of all, the toast was on fire almost. I mean, it's black. And he pops it out of the toaster and just grabs it with his bare hands. That that toast is fucking hot. He's tough. And then he throws it on the plate. And like you said, it's like a, probably half a cup of country crock. Yes. And that's another question to the parents of the 80s. Why did you think that margarine was better than butter? Well, because it's made out of chemicals. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Then he puts the bowl of cereal on the tray and he eyes the large box wrapped under the banner. 
And he takes off spilling shit everywhere while he's carrying it to his mom's room. So much anxiety. Yeah. He's just leaving a trail of milk and orange juice. It's not good. Then he's going, mommy, wake up. So he jumps into her bed with her and he bounces on her a bunch of times. And then he opens the curtain to flood her room with sunlight. But I I have a problem with this. It's Chicago in the winter and it's it's 630 630 in the the morning. morning. (laughs) There's no sunlight. No. But he does say a really cute line there. He does. It is cute. He goes, but it's a beautiful day outside, see? Mm -hmm. So he redeems himself. He is a really cute little kid. Yes. So the mom reveals that it is indeed his birthday today. And he reveals that he made her breakfast in bed and he gives her the tray. She picks up a piece of the blackened toast and the lump of butter falls off and she said it looks just excellent. And then tells him she's going to eat it later. She does handle it pretty well. She does. I I mean, my question is, why the fuck is he making her breakfast in bed on his birthday? Because maybe he thought he wasn't going to get to open his presents before school. So he had to butter her up with (laughs) a lot of margarine. He did butter up with some margarine. (laughs) So now mom decides to give him his super duper birthday tummy gummies. Oh my gosh. And they, I just got to say, they are really cute together. They are. They do have a good chemistry. Yeah. they The two actors have an excellent chemistry together. And I believe them. Yeah. I'm like, they could be mother and son. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mom agrees to let him open his presents. And they run out in the living room while the TV news reveals that Charles Lee Ray, the notorious Lakeshore Strangler, was shot and killed at 3 a.m. Oh, that's the witching hour. It is. So it's a good thing he did that that curse. Mm-hmm. Did it at the right time. Uh, Andy wants to open the big box first, and he's obviously disappointed that it's clothing. Why do parents get kids clothing for their birthday? Well, I, I, um, <laughs> I feel that they are in a financial... Predicament? Yes. They're in a bit of a bind. I feel like this is part of the backstory that was probably in the two hours they got cut. Uh, like, dad died. Yeah. She doesn't. She probably wasn't working at that time, because it looked ha- like maybe he was an architect or something. Because there was a draft table in their living room. They have a massive apartment. Yes. Too. So now she's trying to make ends meet. Hey, I got to get you new clothes, so I might as well wrap them up. My question is, why the fuck are you eating brand name cereal, and why the fuck does your kid have brand name pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> By generic. Yes. Uh, so he's disappointed about the. Uh, the clothes yeah but she's like oh you wanted some toys so she's like open the toys and he opens it up and it's a good guy's tool chest but he's not very excited no he's like i wanted a good guy to go with it like dude you just found out about the good guy doll like literally two minutes ago Mm -hmm. cool your jets kid yeah (laughs) but then she tells him that she didn't have enough time to save up for it that month because she found out about it too late yeah see they're in financial ruins it just ruins Mom knows that he wanted it, and she's like, you know what? I just couldn't do it, bud. I really hope you can hear our dog snoring. I hope so, too. Uh, So now we cut to uh, Karen at work. We find out her name is Karen here in a minute. Uh, Her friend comes flying up on her and reveals that there's a peddler in the alley next to the store, and he's selling one of those dolls. Oh, my goodness. It's so exciting. And she says... You know, that doll that Andy wanted, the one that costs a hundred bucks? A hundred bucks in 1988 money is $260 today. Uh Uh-huh. I looked that up, too. Can you imagine buying, like, 
We bought our son a laptop that didn't cost that much. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So her friend convinces her to leave her counter at work and go check it out. And she looks like she just leaves a strand of pearls sitting on the counter. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, So they head outside into a steamy alleyway because cities are steamy Mm -hmm. all the time. And there's an unhoused looking man with a shopping cart full of stuff. And he shows her a good guy doll in a box. And we see the box is kind of beat up. Uh, but the peddler wants 50 bucks, and there's a little back and forth, and I think Karen ends up getting it for 30. 30. And the peddler tells her, here you go, lady, may it bring you and your kid a lot of joy. And he smiles at her with, like, blackened teeth. I don't know that you would even call them teeth. They're, no. like, nubs. Yeah. Don't do meth. Maggie has a back and forth with the peddler that ends with him grabbing his crotch and going, eh, steal this. <laughs> and I loved it. And then Maggie says, hey, I think I dated that guy. Yeah. Uh, So they go back in the store, and a wormy little shithead of the boss is waiting for them. And he pulls a, did you have a nice break line, and I just wanted to kick his dick until my foot fell off. Yeah. That's not the way to be a manager. No, not at all. Maggie tells him that they were just getting a gift for Karen's kid, and he says, we have specified break break times for things like that, and he's earned another dick kick. Mm Mm-hmm. And now the worm reveals that Mrs. Howe has taken sick and Karen is just going to have to work. She simply has to. Yeah. Who cares that you have a kid and it's his birthday? Yeah. She's like, I have to pick my kid up at the daycare in an hour. And then the little wormy shit's like, I'm sorry, but this is an emergency. What emergency? Like people couldn't buy fucking jewelry tonight? Yeah. Or like the perfume lady had to work two counters? Yeah. Chill out, bro. So Maggie offers to fill in and the worm shit's like, you work in shoes. It's a retail store. Yeah, I can still run the register. (laughs) Okay, yeah, capitalism is great. Uh, So the worm fuck tells her that she's just going to have to do it. And Karen's like, but it's my son's birthday. And he's like, are you happy with your job here? (laughs) So uh, she goes and picks up her kid. Oh, and I also wrote down, that guy's name is Walter Criswell, which is just a dick name. You don't like his name? Like, if you were to hear that name, if somebody's like, my boss's name is Walter Criswell, I'd be like, oh, he's a cock. Yeah, I I do picture that guy. I mean, the name fits him. Yeah. Well, Maggie offers to watch Andy, and she says it'll be the hottest date she's had in months. And then Wormass says, I can't imagine why. Because I'm sure he's hitting all the ladies. Yeah, somebody just stab his balls to the inside (laughs) of his legs. Uh, So now we cut to the apartment, and Andy's running in to watch good guys on TV, and then Karen reveals that what she's carrying in these two grocery sacks is not groceries. And Andy's elated because he gets his good guy. Yay! And he shows Karen how to work it, and we find out this doll's name is Chucky. And then that makes Andy happy, and then the mom's happy, and everybody's happy. Everybody was happy. And what's Chucky short for? Charles. What was the name of the Lakeshore Strangler? Oh my gosh, you're putting this all together already? You know, I've seen this movie probably 146 times. And it only took you 145 (laughs) to realize it? No. (laughs) I'm just trying to leave a trail of breadcrumbs for the listeners. I'm being a good podcast host. Mm. You're not with your ice cubes. (laughs) I thought clink, ice cubes clink. Oh, they do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So now we see Maggie, and she's in the kitchen, and she's eating a cake with those sugary star things on the top of it. You remember those? 
I guess I didn't pay attention. I just said that it was a chocolate cake and she was eating frosting. Oh, man, there were those little sugary star things that you put on top. It was like a hard sugar candy. And a lot of times, like, it had a little well in it for, like, candle wax to drip in so that you could, like, put your candle through the middle of it. Oh. And then you wouldn't get wax on the cake. Oh. But, oh, man, those things were so good. It was just, like, pure sugar, like, just solidified. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I digress. It's okay. You were excited. (laughs) So Andy's sitting in front of the TV, and uh, he's building things with Chucky, who's wearing a hard hat, and it's really cute. It is cute. And a news report comes on the TV that reveals that Eddie Caputo, repeated accomplice of Charles Lee Ray, escaped police custody. And Chucky's head whips towards the screen and his eyes get really big. And you're like, hmm, hmm, something wrong with that doll. That doll's not right. So now Andy gets pissed that Chucky's not watching him. And Chucky turns his head back to Andy and says, hey, want to play? And his tone's a little more ominous. Mm-hmm. He sounds a little less... He doesn't sound like the other good guy doll. No. And Maggie tells Andy that it's time to get ready for bed. So he stands up, but it it's like he hears something coming from Chucky. Mm-hmm. So he bends down, puts his ear to Chucky's mouth, and it appears that Chucky's whispering in his ear. And so Andy tells Maggie that Chucky wants to watch the 9 o'clock news. Naturally, she's a little incredulous about this. She doesn't like this idea. No. And uh, she picks Andy and Chucky up and takes them to his room. And Andy says, hey, Chucky, want to see my womb? (laughs) (laughs) Which my friend Nick and I, back in the day when we were stoned out of our minds watching this, thought we thought that was just the greatest thing ever was this little kid said, you want to see my womb? Oh. He meant room. Yeah. He said room. He said womb. He said room. Uh, So Maggie goes back to the kitchen and she's putting some stuff away while Andy's brushing his teeth and he's like drooling toothpaste all over himself. That's true. But she's such a good friend. She is. Like she's cleaning up her kitchen for her. Mm -hmm. That's nice. They've been going through it. Yeah. And Maggie knows. Uh, So the the TV news just starts blaring out of the TV, but she had just shut the TV off. So what's going on? And she discovers Chucky sitting in the chair in the living room watching the TV. Maggie's pissed, and she's like, Andy, what are you doing? Why are you putting Chucky in the chair? And he's like, I didn't do it. And she kind of manhandles him. Yeah, she's pissed. Yeah, she's like shaking his shoulders and like throwing him essentially under the covers. And I'm like, ah, the 80s when you could just toss children around. Yeah. So she's getting ready to leave the room, and she pulls another dick move, and she kind of like spins around like she's trying to catch him getting out of bed. Yeah, and it's like... She's super mean to him here, and then she tells him happy birthday, and it's, like, the saddest moment ever. Yeah. Because you just feel so bad for that kid. Like, first of all, your dad died, I don't know when, but sometime. And then your mom's not there on your birthday. You're getting tucked in by your friend. Yeah. And then she's being a dick to you. Yeah. But she at least she kissed him on the forehead. Oh. Maggie leaves the room, shuts the door. Andy kisses Chucky and tells him, I told you she'd be mad if you watched the news. And the camera zooms in on Chucky's face, and we get some ominous piano notes. Something's not right about Chucky. So we cut to the outside of the apartment building, and I gotta say, this apartment building is glorious. (laughs) It's just, that's some superb architecture. And I wrote in my notes here, you know, they live in that on a jewelry clerk's budget in Chicago. I want to go back to the 80s. But like I said, I, I think that's just what she's working now. I think dad died. Yeah. And now she's just trying to survive. 
Um, also, that shot of the building was what was on the advertisement that my sister scared the shit out of really? me with. <laughs> uh, now we cut to Maggie, and she's reading in the living room while watching an old movie, and she's cold. She has a blanket wrapped around her, so she goes over and closes the window. I would have done that before I grabbed the blanket, but, you maybe, know. Maybe she likes fresh air. <laughs> Andy's bedroom door opens, and the camera quickly glides down the hall at not a tall height. <laughs> it's a POV, <laughs> but it's supposed to look like a small child. Yes. And uh, the camera peeks around the corner at Maggie in the living room. And then we see from next to her now, uh, someone short in a good guy drip goes running past the doorway. And she's like, Andy? Did you just say drip? Yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, I mean it. Zennials, I'm sorry. Uh, so Maggie's freaked out. And we see a chair now being dragged across the rug. And when it comes off the rug, we hears a, we hear a big thump. And Maggie gets up to go investigate. And she sees that Andy's bedroom door is open. So she kind of creeps down the hall. And she finds the chair in front of the front door to the apartment. She checks the door. It's unlocked. So she fixes that. And then she hears a sound from the kitchen, and she screams, because scary. Yeah. I, I often scream when I hear noises in my kitchen. Yes. Uh, so she goes to the kitchen to investigate, and on the kitchen counter, there's a whole bunch of flour spilled, and the flour canister is laying on the floor. It's unbroken, but it has spewed its contents. Then we get a really good jump scare with the phone. Yeah, that was good. And uh, the phone rings, and it's right next to her, and she jumps a mile and kind of shrieks a little. Uh, she answers it, and it's Karen just calling to check in. Maggie's obviously freaked out on the phone, and Karen's like, hey, what's up? And Maggie's like, oh, I just have the alone at night willies. And then she suggests that uh, Karen goes and assaults Criswell. <laughs> and I'm like, do it. And now we cut to the living room where we see the small toy hammer get picked up. And Maggie's sweeping up the flower. She investigates another noise behind some planters, but there's nothing there. So she says, what is wrong with me? I'm scaring myself half to death. She turns around and with a shocked face, she takes a blow to the eye with a hammer. She does. Yeah. And then she staggers backwards like she's drunk. Uh, like 10 feet. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> this is not a good scene. No. And <laughs> what I'm wondering is there was a lot of shit in front of that window, including like a kitchen table. There was a whole kitchen table. How did she fall out the window? Yeah. She just like falls out the window. But I wanted to say, when Nolan was little, we had a little, like, little man kit. Yes. Kind of similar to this. It was like a handyman kit for little men, and it had a hammer in it. And I still use that hammer to this day, because a tiny hammer is the best hammer. Yeah, if you're hanging a picture or something, the tiny little kid's hammer, mm -hmm. best tool you can have. It is. So uh, Maggie falls, and it's a long fall. And she smashes into a truck on the street below. So, yeah, she's dead. Mm -hmm. She's real dead. So now Karen gets off a bus to see cops surrounding her apartment building. She's, she's a little freaked out. No, okay, when she first gets off the bus, she's so happy and smiley and she's waving at all the people. And then the bus pulls away and she sees what's going on. I'm like, you didn't notice all the cop lights flashing? Well, I, I think she was talking to all of her friends on the bus. Oh, okay. You know, she seems like a very talkative, happy person. Yeah, especially in Chicago. Yeah. Everybody in big cities talks to each other. Yes. Uh, so she goes up to the uh, awesome elevator in the building, which I love this building. The apartment, the elevator is really cool. Like the inside, like the stairs are all like wrought iron mm -hmm. and like it has a big old fashioned wrought iron elevator. I love it. 
so she gets out of the elevator and she's almost stopped by a cop, but all she does is go, I live here. And he goes, okay. Yeah. And he just lets her go into a crime scene. Yeah. Not like, can I see some ID yeah. or... She just enters the apartment and she finds every fucking cop in Chicago <laughs> is in the apartment. <laughs> there are some cops in suits and they're doing forensic things. And then there's a cop just fucking talking on her phone. Well, and there's several just like sitting on her couch. Yeah. There's one sitting on her couch with his feet on the coffee table <laughs> reading the goddamn newspaper. <laughs> like, Chicago, are you all right? Uh, so she flies around the apartment. She's looking for Andy, shouting his name, and uh, we find Andy is sitting on the bed with Chase Cop from the first scene sitting next to him. Uh, Karen's very happy to have found her son, and she asks what happens, and Andy reveals that Aunt Maggie had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite an accident. No. Uh, so now Chase Cop starts speaking up, and we find out his name is Detective Mike Norris, Homicide Division. I didn't catch his name. I just call him Detective. Oh. Uh, so they go to talk in the hall, and Andy tries to eavesdrop with Chucky, but they walk a little further down the hall, and Detective Norris reveals that Maggie is dead, and he's very blunt about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, Miss Peterson is dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she fell from the kitchen window. Uh, Karen collapses, but the cop catches her, kind of straightens her back up, and then he takes her to the kitchen very unceremoniously. To show her the busted ass window that her best friend just fell out of. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, look at these footprints on the counter. Isn't that weird? They're real small footprints. <laughs> and she's like, what are you implying? He's like, yeah, what would Andy be doing on the counter? I know it's crazy, it's right? It's crazy. So Andy busts in saying that Chucky wants to know what's going on. Detective Norris notices uh, Andy's sweet kicks and he wants to have a look at them. They're good guy PJ sneakers. Yeah. I didn't pay, the, like, are they attached to his pajamas? Or are no, they, they're separate. They're separate. They're yes. PJ sneakers. PJ sneakers. Okay. So uh, he looks at the bottom of the shoes and he finds out that there's a gun on the bottom of the shoes. He's like, what's this? A cowboy hat? And ooh, is that a gun? I think, yeah. I'm like, oh. I think it's supposed to be like, there's different accessories for your good guy. Like you could make him into a cowboy. Yeah. Or a construction worker. Those things would be pretty cute dressed up as a little cowboy. Yeah, see? All the village men. Yes. <laughs> Why murder CA? <laughs> uh, so Karen dresses down the detective and forces them to leave somehow. She's just like, get out. And the detective's like, yeah, you're right. I should. Yeah. Uh, so Andy gets back into bed and he starts talking to Chucky and he discovers that Chucky has flour on his shoes. So he goes out and tells the detective like a little fucking narc. <laughs> So the cop's incredulous, and he doesn't want to look any further into it. He's like, oh, yeah, great, your doll, cool. Yeah. Karen forces him out of the apartment, but he kind of pushes his way back in to remind her, hey, you need to call me. And in the hall, uh, Norris and his partner discuss Karen being a spirited lady, like a Karen. Like a Karen. <laughs> uh, the partner kind of giggles in a second here because Norris gives him an evidence bag with the teeny tiny hammer in it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what is this? And he goes, possible murder weapon. And then he just like lights up a smoke. And the guy's like, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And the cop just lights up in the elevator. And I'm like, God, can we go back to the 80s? No. Uh, so Karen hears Andy talking to somebody in his bedroom. Uh, she goes in to check it out. And Andy's sitting on the floor talking to Chucky, who's sitting in a rocking chair. Andy feels the need to point out that Chucky is sitting 
He's right over there. See? He's two feet from my face. Yeah. He's a weird schizo ass kid right now. And Karen is like, wait a minute. Does Chucky talk back to you, you little schizo? (laughs) And Andy reveals that Chucky's real name is Charles Lee Ray. And he was sent down from heaven by daddy to play with him. And Karen looks at him real sad and asks if there's anything else Chucky's been saying. And Andy hits her with, Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. (laughs) (laughs) And I love this because he says all this while he's like clutching onto her sweater sleeves. Like, oh, I have to say bitch here in a second. At this point, do you not blame child? If your child has never spoken like that before, something's going on. Yeah. So, uh, I wrote again here, like, they actually seem like a mother and son. Yes. I I just love it. Uh, so, of course, Karen is floored by the Maggie is a bitch statement. And, uh, she's like, Andy, you can't say that. And he goes, but I didn't say it. Chucky did. I just repeated it. So, Karen shows Andy that the doll is made of plastic and stuffing. And Andy snatches the doll back. And he's like, don't, you're going to hurt him. Because she's handling him kind of rough. Just a little rough. And then Andy hits her with the puppy dog eyes and says, it's because of Aunt Maggie you're yelling at me, isn't it? It is sad. And Karen softens a little bit and Andy kind of placates her with a, sorry, I won't make up any more stories. And uh, Karen tries to get Andy to go sleep in her bed. And he's like, nah, I got Chucky. Get out of here, mom. Yeah, he doesn't care about her anymore. And she tucks him in and leaves the room, but she listens at the door. Andy talks to Chucky there, so he just replies with one of his pre-programmed responses and now we cut to the next morning where karen is dropping andy off at school with chucky yeah why, why are you bringing your doll to school show and tell oh okay that's what i always assumed it's like look what i got for my birthday yeah this maybe is my show i and guess tell. so so she walks away after getting andy into the school and then andy bolts he opens the school door and he checks both ways hi jet <laughs> you flop in your ears So he looks both ways and he's just like, I'm out of here. But he walks the opposite way of his mom, at least. Yeah. And his coat and his snow pants rule. Mm -hmm. I miss snow pants. Uh, So Andy and Chucky are just out riding the L, you know, just (laughs) cruising the trains. By themselves. And it appears that they're whispering secrets to one another. I I notice here Chucky's starting to look different. Mm -hmm. He's looking a little more human. His face isn't as shiny. Um, Did you notice that through the whole movie, his hairline recedes? I did not notice that, but now that you say that... Yeah, it just keeps moving further and further back. Makes sense. Well, we can see that they're now on the bad side of town. Yes. They they get out, and they come down off of the the elevated train platform, and there are people arguing, and they're like, hey, you, where's my money? And, like, everybody's angry. And nobody's concerned that a five-year-old's walking around here. No, it happens. It's Chicago. (laughs) Andy's in the ghetto. And he walks past a whole bunch of uh, unhoused people under a bridge, and they have fire barrels. <laughs> That's how you know they're own unhoused. Yes. And now we see a rundown house with a bunch of junk sitting outside, and Andy asks Chucky if that's Eddie's. And Chucky appears to whisper to him. So Andy sets a Chucky in a busted rocking chair, and he goes off to have a tinkle, which is just cute. It this is cute. He's just adorable. He is adorable. We see Chucky staring at the house. Chucky's not happy. No. Uh, So we cut back to the chair and Chucky's gone. And the camera does its uh, quick POV glide up to the dilapidated house. 
And we see Eddie from the first scene, and he's sleeping in the house, and he's got a gun laying next to him. And uh, the camera goes through a kitchen full of old cans and big rats. Lots of rats. Big, big rats. And then Chucky's hand hilariously curls around the oven door handle. Like, instead of just grabbing it, it's like, one, two, three, four (laughs) fingers. Like, just wrapping around it. Maybe he doesn't have dexterity yet. He's got to really work on it. Yeah. Uh, He opens the oven door, and Eddie hears this noise from the kitchen, and he bolts upright with his gun. Uh, Chucky blows out the pilot light and turns the gas on full blast. We can hear it hissing. That's not good. I'm thinking that house probably would have had the gas shut off already. Probably. So Eddie's gunning his way around the house, you know, just checking all the doors. Andy's looking for Chucky outside. And Eddie hears a noise in the house and then just decides to shoot at absolutely nothing. (laughs) Uh, Andy hears the shots from outside and he decides to run towards the sound of gunshots. That's a great idea. I'm telling you, this kid's not right. No, I was confused by that, too. I'm like, I know he's trying to find Chucky, but like gunshots are scary. So Eddie sees Andy outside calling Chucky, but he hears a sound from the kitchen. So he goes to investigate. He pops the door open and just immediately shoots at nothing. He shoots at the oven. Yes. <laughs> he takes full aim at the oven and shoots. And the whole house just explodes. Like How much it, gas did that oven put out? I don't know. If it explodes like it's been filling up with gas for a week. Yeah. Oh, man. It was like it was like narrator's like, apartment in you, Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. You would have had like a small like poof. Yeah. At best. Yes. But it was a good demolition scene. And yeah. I feel like the whole city of Chicago is better as a whole that that house is now gone. Okay. So now we cut to Karen and she's walking into the police station and it's loud and annoying in there. Uh, Detective Norris intercepts her and she says, hey, I got your phone call. So I came straight down. And then kind of dickishly, he's like, did you go pick up your kid from school first? Yeah. And she's like, no, you told me to come straight here. You you gave me no information. (laughs) He leads her to a room where Andy is being interrogated with no parental permission by a detective. He's not necessarily being interrogated. He's just asking him some questions. You know, I think this is police overreach. (laughs) It was the 80s. There was... Oh, yeah. Detective Norris's partner asks... You know, what happened to Aunt Maggie? And Andy said that she saw Chucky and she got scared, so she fell out the window. And then the cop's like, so why did Chucky want to go see Eddie Caputo? And then Karen busts in the room like, hey, how about you stop talking to my kid about this? Yeah. So Karen tells Andy that no one believes him about Chucky. And if he doesn't start telling the truth, they're going to take him away. Oh, that's a good song. They're coming to take me away. Mm hmm. Uh, So Andy confronts Chucky and kind of manhandles him a little bit. He gets real physical with Chucky here. It's actually kind of a sad scene. You think so? He's like, tell me why you've been lying to me this whole time. And everybody's looking at the kid like all pitifully like, oh, look at this crazy little kid. Yeah, he's having a mental breakdown. And then he punches Chucky in the stomach like full on (laughs) and then runs over to his mom and hugs her. And he's like, he's doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I just feel really bad for him. Because we know the truth. Yeah. So now uh, Chucky turns and looks and gives a pre-programmed response. And that's when Andy punches him in the stomach. He's like, dick. (laughs) So Andy reveals here that Chucky told him never to tell anyone about him or he would kill him. It was pretty bad acting. 
But, I mean, he's a little kid, so a, yeah. we'll let him get away with it. Oh, and also I wrote in my notes here, I'm pretty sure I had that exact same salmon-colored button-down shirt with the stripes on it that Andy was wearing. You're so fashionable. Oh, I know. Uh, so we hear a voice come over the uh, interrogation room PA, and it says it's Dr. Ardmore from County General. And he's seen just about enough, and he thinks Andy should come stay with us for a couple of days. And it cuts to Dr. Ardmore, and he's holding the microphone up like he's Wayne Newton, <laughs> and he's like crooning into it. He's like, excited. He gets to take a child away from their parents. Yeah. And get to play with a microphone at the same time. <laughs> So now Karen arrives at home carrying Chucky, and she sits down on the couch, and she looks thoroughly defeated. Yeah. And she sets Chucky on the coffee table, and she tells Chucky, say something, you little bastard. And she says bastard like it is the worst thing she has ever said in her life. <laughs> it's hard to spit out that word. Yeah. Especially when you go on to star in seventh heaven. <laughs> so Chucky replies that he likes to be hugged, and she kind of gets a chuckle out of it, and she goes and grabs a glass of water and she sees the box for the good guy doll sitting there and she picks it up and it says he wants you for a best friend yeah she's tidying up i think she her intention was to take it to the trash yeah she uh she kind of finagles the box a little bit and something falls out what is it there were batteries wait how's the doll working (gasps) maybe he think maybe batteries were already in him and it was a spare set of batteries oh yeah So she throws the box down and cautiously approaches Chucky, and the typical horror movie music starts playing. She flips him over, checks his battery compartment, which is empty. It's empty. And then Chucky's head whips around (laughs) 180 degrees, and he goes, Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? That was pretty creepy. Yeah. So she drops him, he hits the floor and like barrel rolls underneath the couch. Would you call that a couch or a sofa? It looks like a sofa it's to a me. It's a sofa. I think sitting things in the 80s were sofas, not couches. Or if you're from Iowa, Davenport. A Davenport. So she's a little surprised. I would even say nonplussed. It's a good word. What does nonplussed mean? I'm not good at words. Surprised, but like more shocked. Oh. Surprised. So uh, she gets down on the floor and just starts looking under the sofa for him. And she pokes him a couple of times and determines it's safe to slowly pull him out by the (laughs) leg. She gives him a good shake, places him on on the sofa, and she tells him to talk. And then she picks him up and she's like, talk to me or I'm going to throw you in the fireplace. And then she lights the fire. It's a good plan. Yeah, and this apartment has a fireplace too? It's like a gas fireplace even. Like, let me move in there. I mean, I like our house, but... Oh, yeah, and I wrote here, her husband must have had really good life insurance. (laughs) Uh, After threatening to throw Chucky into the fire, we see that now that his face is looking very human. Mm -hmm. And he springs to life, and he starts flailing. And he says, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut, I'll teach you to fuck with me. (laughs) I said that he calls her a bitch, a slut, lots of nice things. Yes. Chucky is not PC. Chucky is not woke. No. And I like this scene because he is like beating on her and flailing. Yeah. And just like screaming and he tries to bite her neck. And she's trying to fight off this two foot doll (laughs) that probably weighs three pounds. And uh, so they fall to the floor and he just fully bites on her arm. 
Just like he's going to take a chunk out of it. But then she throws him. (laughs) Yeah. She hucks him over the back of the couch, which has a large empty section in the middle of it. Yeah. I don't understand that. The 80s were weird. And he looks at her like, okay, I'm going to go kill her. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, I should probably just leave. And he looks and he runs out the door and she goes chasing after him. And I fucking love this building. (laughs) They even have globed wall sconces. You were like really paying attention to the architecture. I love architecture. You should have been her husband. I should have. Then I could be dead. Yeah. Wait. Hmm. (laughs) So Karen's a little behind the game while chasing Chucky outside and he's gone. She's not very good at stairs. No. So she takes a cab to the police station where fortuitously Detective Norris just happens to be walking out the front door so they didn't have to pay to use that interior again. (laughs) Uh, She tells him the story about the batteries and shows them to Norris. She's like, look, here's the good guy batteries. And uh, you know what? Andy was telling the truth and Chucky killed Eddie Caputo. (laughs) And Detective Norris looks at her like, Okay, you know what? I sympathize with you right now, but you're crazy as shit. Like mother, like son. And then he's like, hey, you know what? Lion's not going to help you right now. And Karen shows him the bite mark on her arm. And it looks gnarly. It does. It's all bruised up already. And Norris is like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, Chucky bit me. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay, see you later. Yeah. So uh, Karen rushes off saying that she's going to go talk to the peddler who sold her the doll. And Norris is like, nah, you kind of don't want to be in that neighborhood at this time of night. But Karen goes anyway. Yeah. But my question is, like, she works there. Not at this time of night. Oh, what, what time? If, what if it's like 11.30 p.m.? I guess it could be late because they, yeah. Uh, so Karen walks through a bunch of unhoused people and they're all looking at her like, what are you doing down here? And we see her interviewing them inaudibly. And we see her pantomime gross teeth at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, it looked really cold out there. Yeah. Just watching it on the screen, I'm like, oh, it's cold. Those actors were miserable. Look how cold it was. <laughs> That's real breath coming out of them. Not, what yeah. do you call that? Uh, steam. What comes out of your mouth when you breathe? Steam. Is it steam? Yes. Okay. Because hot, moist. Well, I know, but like, I don't say dry. like there's steam coming out of your mouth. I, you just say like I can see your breath. Oh, yeah. That's steam. Okay. I don't like that. <laughs> Um, Now we see two unhoused people banging in a plywood shack while another one (laughs) pees on the side of the shack, which I thought was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, But now Karen spots the peddler and he's got his arm around a lady and the lady's drinking something from a brown paper bag. They're about to have a night. He got the $30 from Karen. He's having a good night. Yeah. So uh, Karen chases him down and at first he like looks really scared of her. Mm -hmm. And then she explains how they know one another and he starts getting a little more confident. And uh, he asks... Well, what do you give me if I tell you where I got the doll? And she says she doesn't have much. And he checks her wallet and he's like, no, that's not enough. Dude, you're living in a plywood shack with people banging and pissing on it. (laughs) But he wants something else. Yeah. She's like, that's all I've got. And he goes, kind of looks her up and down. He's like, that's not all you got. And he goes to try his hand at felonious sexual assault. Mm Mm-hmm. And then all the other unhoused people just kind of gather around to watch, which I feel like kind of was an unfair look at unhoused people, but it was the 80s. It was the 80s, and that's how we viewed unhoused people. So while all of this is going on, Detective Norris just comes to the rescue, and he knees the peddler right in the nuts. And then he pulls a gun on everybody else, and he's like, (laughs) anybody else want a party? (laughs) Like, okay, okay, bud. Non-appropriate thing for a cop to say. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, inappropriate. Is it you said inappropriate. I think I, I said non appropriate. Oh. <laughs> hey, words are hard. I'm I'm really good at them. Yeah, we are. We're both good at words. You're better than me. Oh, I'm gonna cut that into. I'm gonna cut that little piece of audio out and just copy it. Just that you're better than me? Yeah. Nobody will believe it. So he threatens the peddler and he's like, hey, what do you know about what the lady's asking? And the guy's like, nothing. He's like, you won't know nothing about nothing unless you talk to me. So all of a sudden the cops go on real street, mm-hmm. which is weird. We don't know his life story. That's true. Uh, so now the peddler reveals that he got the good guy at a burned out toy store on Wabash. What? That's where the detective was. I know. And we see Norris react very strongly to that, and he lets the peddler go. Uh, Karen notices that Norris was put off by the response from the peddler, and she's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, Charles Lee Ray died in that store. And Karen wanted to go to the store, but Norris assures her that there's not much left there. It's just a burned out wreck of a store. And then he's like, I know, because I'm the one who killed him. (laughs) And she kind of looks at him for a second like he's a rock star. Mm -hmm. She's like, whoa, cool. Also, nowadays, he would be on administrative leave. Yes. He would not actively be working a case. (laughs) No, like he wouldn't be on a case the next day. Uh, So she asks if uh, Charles Lee Ray said anything else before he died. And Norris reveals that Ray said he was going to kill him and Eddie Caputo. Uh, So now we cut to Norris and he's driving Karen home and she puts together that Chucky is Charles Lee Ray. But she just doesn't know how he got his his soul into the doll. She asks where Ray lived, and Norris is being dismissive, and he's kind of trying to force her out of the car. Mm-hmm. He, like, reaches over and opens the door, like, okay, <laughs> like, okay time for you to go. Leave now. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not going to get out of the car. And he's like, okay, you know what? He lived at 730 Stony Island on the south side, but he assures her that they've already checked the place out, and there's nothing there. But we saw his detective work earlier in the movie where she was like, leave, and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You, you civilian tell me what to do at a crime scene. Yeah. Uh, So Karen says that uh, he should be a little more interested in Ray since he threatened both he and Caputo and Caputo's dead now. And then uh, she's like, why why don't you believe me? And he says, because I'm sane and rational. (laughs) And you know what? I've used that with a lot of people that are like aliens, bro. But at the same time, I'll be like, no, bro, ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and um. The government's come out to talk about aliens. They've not come out to talk about ghosts. Yeah, because they're hiding Lincoln's ghost. Oh, okay. (laughs) So Norris leaves. Karen's upset. Um, We see Norris go back to the office and he grabs Charles Lee Ray's file and he gets in the car to go home. I imagine he's going to eat some Chinese takeout while he looks over that file. Oh, yeah. That's what cops in the 80s did. That's all they ate. Uh, So the score starts getting a little intense. We know that something's going to happen. Norris turns on some moody rock music and pops a smoke in his mouth, activating the car's cigarette lighter. Oh, that took me back. Oh, man, that's memories. All of a sudden, Chucky is behind Norris. Just kind of, I assume he's standing on the back seat. But even then, that's that's a pretty big reach for him to like. Yeah. To be able, I don't know, does he ch- is he choking him with a brake line or jumper cables? Jumper cables. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, think about him trying to get that over his head. Well, I mean, he is the strangler. Oh, that's true. This isn't his first rodeo. Norris decides the best way to handle being garroted 
by Chucky with jumper cables is to just slam your foot on the gas pedal as hard as you can in the city streets. That's what I would do. Yeah. More speed equals safer. Um, so can you imagine being Chris Sarandon in this scene? Like, <laughs> you're being choked by an animatronic My Buddy doll and you have to act terrified. <laughs> I I could not be an actor. I think you'd have to have a couple of scenes where you get all your giggles out first. Oh, yeah. Uh, So the car screeches through the Chicago streets and uh, Norris, he pulls a good move and he pulls a cigarette lighter out and he burns Chucky's face with it. Mm -hmm. And Chucky reacts by stabbing through the back of the seat with a large butcher knife. Uh, The car's still just plowing through the streets. They crash into a mailbox and the mailbox flies like 40 feet. Yeah. Um. Maybe don't use the pedals right now. Yeah. Like, just ignore the pedals. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just focus on surviving. I'd, I'd probably hit the brake, if anything. Yeah. Uh, so now the knife comes up right in front of Norris's cash and prizes. So shit's getting real. There's a lot of taint stabbing. Yeah. Uh, the knife almost takes his butt virginity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We don't know what he does at home. Uh, so Norris plows through a fire barrel, and then the man next to it screams... <laughs> and uh norris is stomping on the brake hard enough that he actually breaks off the pedal and then the car skids into a donut and then chucky's little hand slams the gas back down <laughs> and norris just stomps on his little doll hand <laughs> uh so they're speeding along until he hips, hits a dumpster and rolls the car and uh chucky appears and he goes hi mikey before almost stabbing norris in the face Norris shoots Chucky, and Chucky shouts, Won't do you any good, Mikey. You can't hurt me. So Chucky runs around the car some more, and Norris is just shooting wildly into the Chicago night. <laughs> like, I guarantee there's people in those buildings. Yeah. And you're just firing all willy-nilly. just shooting wherever he wants. Uh, so finally, he connects on one of the shots, and Chucky goes flying like 20 feet through the air in slow motion. And I love it. So Chucky runs away. Now we cut back to Karen, and she's going to check out Ray's place, where we see dolls hanging on the wall by the door. He's got a thing for dolls. Mm-hmm. Inside, there are also paintings on the wall of Ray, and he's naked and has a huge dong, and he's doing voodoo stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a big voodoo symbol on the wall, so we know it's legit. Well, and he's like worshipping some voodoo guy in one of the paintings. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was my next note. We see a painting of a man in the full voodoo regalia, and... Ray's like kneeling before him mm-hmm. in the nude. And then on another wall, we see, oh, thank you, mighty Dembala, for life after death. So we see somebody creeping up behind Karen in the shadows. And he says her name. And she starts. It's okay. It's just Norris. And he said he pulled Ray's file and found out some things. His nickname was Chucky. And he spent a lot of time with the man in the painting. Okay, good detective work. This was your case. You said you checked out the apartment, (laughs) and you didn't remember that his name was Chucky. Yeah. You didn't remember that he was into voodoo. Yeah. (laughs) This is why he should have been on leave. Yes. Now they just need to find the mugshot man before Chucky does, Mm -hmm. because they have a mugshot of the man painted on the wall. So we cut to the mugshot man's apartment. Um, I guess in the original edit of this movie, we see John, like, kind of with a customer, and, like, he heals a child. Oh, so we know that he's not just, like, all bad. Yeah. And, like, the people, like, gift him things. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, thank you, thank you. And they try to give him money and he rejects it. Yeah. So they, like, establish him as a good guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you mean to do that? I didn't. (laughs) 
It just came out. I'm just so funny. Mugshot man John turns around to see Chucky the doll standing on his counter. (laughs) The windows are open in Chicago in the winter. And we find out that Chucky came to John as a human to learn how to beat death. I think he did. That's weird. Uh, Chucky says, though, he was like, you know, I didn't think anybody could hurt me in this form. But last night I got shot. You know what? It hurt. It even bled. Oh, no. And John says, you're turning human. And the more time you spend in that doll, the more human you're going to become. John refuses to help Chucky because he calls him an abomination who corrupted all of his teachings. And John's going to go use the phone. I have questions. Okay. Okay, so like, he put himself in a doll. Uh Uh-huh. He would have preferred to put himself in a human, correct? Yes. How is the doll becoming human? Because it has a human soul in it now. Okay. And then, sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's a a weird plot. I just have questions. So, so he can't, will he live forever? I assume he would eventually like. Or just until, like, he could keep jumping bodies well no because we find out that if he stays in a body too long he's stuck in it okay so i think he would live out like his mortal life inside the doll yeah so like what would have happened if he had been in a human body did he would he have been did he think he was going to be immortal and unable to be hurt because he was in a doll yes okay which is probably another thing that they cut out yeah Because that's where I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah, so John is going to go call somebody about this whole thing. Like, who are you going to call about this? Like, there's a killer doll in my apartment. He's going to call the high voodoo priestess. Ah, that sounds good. Um, So we cut back to Chucky, and he has John's voodoo doll. And Chucky breaks the doll's leg, and then we see John's leg twist and snap, and it's gross. And then we find out that John told Chucky where he hid his voodoo doll. Why? Why would you tell anybody that? It's not a good idea. (laughs) No. Uh, So John still refuses to help. So Chucky breaks the arm on the doll and we see John's arm snap. And then Chucky pulls a knife and threatens to stab the doll through the heart. And John's ready to help now. And he says that Chucky has to transfer his soul into the body of the first person he revealed his true identity to. And Chucky laughs and he is so stoked that he gets to be six years old again. Yeah. Like, why? You have to be a teenager again, You have then. to go through all of that again. Yeah. It's not like you get to go, like, do drugs and fuck chicks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would try. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, little Andy? Just sitting in a strip club. <laughs> uh, so Chucky stabs the... Sorry. I went to a funny visual place. <laughs> uh, so Chucky stabs the voodoo doll in the chest, and John's chest starts bleeding. So now Norrin... Norris and Karen pull up at John's place, you know, just a few seconds too late. They they pull up lights and siren going. Yeah. Like, they're on it. There's a nice little sheepdog in the in this shot who wants me to pet it. Karen tries to help John, and John spills the beans about the soul transfer, and you gotta kill Chucky by the heart. His heart is almost human. And then John dies. Now we cut to Andy, and he's in a hospital that has no window panes. It has bars over the windows. And so they treat children like prisoners from the early 1800s in 1980s Chicago. Mm -hmm. This is what institutions look like. Yeah, this is great. Um, Andy sees Chucky climbing a fire escape. And I love it because they had a little person actor dressed in a Chucky costume. And you're just like, that's not Chucky. No. Like, that is clearly a fucking human being. (laughs) 
Yeah, Andy sees Chucky climbing the fire escape, and he flips out, and he starts begging for help from Dr. Ardmore. And Dr. Ardmore comes to the little cell window, and he looks, and he goes, I don't see anybody. Yeah, like, you didn't even look out the window, bro. Yeah. Andy cries that Chucky is here to kill him, and he begs Dr. Ardmore not to leave him, and it's just so heartbreaking. They did emotional damage to this child. Yes. Like little tiny Alex Vincent is sitting there bawling yes. his eyes like, out. No kid can act that well. No. And then I read somewhere that um, to get that out of him, they told him to pretend that his parents were dead. That's harsh. That's ha- <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they traumatized the shit out of that one. Uh-huh. Uh, so now we see Chucky and... Uh, He's kind of peeping in the window. This window also has no panes in it. Mm -hmm. And we see a man working at a desk and he has his back conveniently turned so he can't see that Chucky's there. No. But what's on the desk right next to him? Keys. Four keys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also right above him, conveniently, is Andy's chart with the room number on it. Yeah. So now Chucky has the room number. He has the room keys. He's a better detective than I almost said Chuck Norris. (laughs) Nobody is a better detective than Chuck Norris. Than Detective Norris. (laughs) So we see Chucky's little doll hand snatch the keys and I just cannot get over him grabbing things. I love it. Yeah, it's cute. And then we see his little doll hand unlock the door and uh, we see a mound under the blankets. And he grabs a fancy voodoo knife that for the longest time I thought was an officially licensed good guy's knife. I'm like, <laughs> they gave him a tiny little butcher knife, too. And it's sharp. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It's a voodoo knife. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized it until I got it on DVD. Yeah. Because, you know, VHS was grainy. Yeah. But yeah. Now I, I realize I, it's not an officially licensed I good guy knife. I guess I hadn't given it much thought, but... It being a trademarked good guy knife was not in my (laughs) head. Um, We see Chucky's looking rough now. His hairline is further receded. He has the burn on his face. And he kind of looks more hideous every time we see him Mm -hmm. now. He's falling apart. So he pulls the knife out and he walks to the bed. And he starts uh, stabbing at the bed. Or no, he pulls the blanket Mm -hmm. back. And we see it's the old pillow under the blanket gag. He got him. And then Andy crawls out from under the bed. He's dressed in his full winter gear. He picks up the keys that Chucky carelessly discarded on the floor. And Andy unlocks the door to escape while Dr. Ardmore just goes, no, stop. (laughs) He doesn't try to move towards him. Why didn't Andy shut the door on his way out? I don't know. Oh, he did. He He doesn't. He doesn't? He does not shut the door. Oh, well, Chucky can't just walk out there in front of everybody. Oh, okay. So we we see that Andy had a hard time making breakfast, but he owns it using keys. Yes. He's unlocking doors like a pro. I'm a full grown adult and I have trouble with keys. Yeah. So Andy runs to a room and he hides under a bed and we see orderlies rush past the room. And then all of a sudden a surgical light turns on. Chucky is the one who did it. And he jumps Andy, knocks him to the ground, knocks him into a surgical tray full of sharp implements and why did they have this in the kid's mental wing? I just, guess I just a fully prepped tray of sharp surgical instruments <laughs> sitting in an unlocked room. <laughs> I didn't really give him that much thought. This is irresponsible doctoring. Yeah. So Andy stumbles around clumsily and he bumps into everything, but he is armed with a scalpel. 
Uh, so the full room lights kick on, and Dr. Ardmore kind of accosts Andy and takes his scalpel away. And Andy protests and says that Chucky's in the room and he's trying to kill him. And Dr. Ardmore's like, no, here, just have 50 cc's of whatever this is. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, he's not even very good at that. <laughs> no. And Andy just rips his glasses off of his face. And uh, we see uh, Chucky's little doll hand. He picks up the scalpel now. And we get the low-down POV Chucky angle. And he rushes in and he stabs Dr. Ardmore right in the back of the leg. That doesn't feel good. No. And then he proceeds to put the electroshock therapy headpiece on Dr. Ardmore and turns it on. And we get a really good shot of the little person actor who was playing Chucky for the wide shots. (laughs) Uh, Chucky turns on the machine and Ardmore twitches and jerks and his face kind of turns to charcoal. Yeah. And uh, blood's coming out of his eyes and his mouth while he convulses. And he dies and blood pours out of his mouth. And the whole time, Andy's just like, stop. Stop. Don't. Don't. <laughs> uh, so now Karen and Nora show up at the hospital. Again, they're always like one second too late. I know. The hospital really looks like it should be condemned. Yes. The inside of it looks more like a castle. <laughs> well, the walls are peeling. Yeah. There's all the metal in it is rusted. Like it looks like I, a place I would go to do paranormal investigations. Yes. So Norris's partner partner pulls Norris aside and he's like, hey, you know what? Andy escaped. He might have killed the doctor, too. And they think the little girl has all the info, but Karen's already talking to the little girl. And Norris asks his partner if he's seen Chucky and the partner giggles and he goes, what am I going to know about a doll? But like 20 minutes ago, he was interrogating Andy about the doll. Yeah. You know who the doll is. Can we talk about the beauty of his partner for a second? About his mustache? His mustache, his coat. He had that nice wool coat. Uh-huh. And that haircut. He, he, had, he had like the Steve Perry haircut going. In, in 1988, he was probably a catch. Oh, yeah. I think, I think he was my dad in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just that gorgeous flat hair with the comb over on yeah. the bald spot in the back. Uh, so Norris tells Karen that they think Andy killed Dr. Ardmore, and she says the little girl saw Chucky, and he was looking for Andy. Norris knows, or Norris asks where Andy would go, and she says that he would go home, because that's where she told him to go, and there's a key under the mat. And we know Andy knows how to use a key. Yeah. He's can't, good at it. Can't pour cereal. Can't pour cereal for shit. Uh, so we cut to the apartment, and Andy has just come in. He barricades the door with a nice little wooden bench and a toboggan. Now we cut back to the elevator and we see an elderly couple. They see the Chucky doll sitting in the elevator and the the lady looks at it and she goes, what an ugly doll. Because it is ugly. And then as the elevator pulls away after the older couple has gotten off, we hear Chucky go, fuck you. <laughs> I love it. So Andy goes to his bedroom and he hides in the closet and Chucky exits the elevator. Andy arms himself with a tiny baseball bat after looking at an RC car and controller like they could be the answer. He picks up like 10 things out of that. I don't remember if it was a bucket or what it was that all that stuff was in. The bat is sticking out of it the entire time. And he's like, hmm, what else could I use? I like that he looks at the RC car controller like, yes. would this work? No, grab the bat, you little shit. Chucky busts in through the fireplace. And he's kind of moving all herky-jerky with his voodoo knife. Uh, Andy's hiding behind the door with a bat. Andy steps into the hall. Chucky jumps out and scares him with a, Ah, surprise! That's actually what he says, and I like it. (laughs) So Andy swings the bat. Chucky ducks. 
And now we get a chase scene. Mm -hmm. Andy runs through the bathroom, I think, just to show us that there's two doors to the bathroom. I think so. Um, Then Andy kind of backs his way through the living room, keeping his back to the danger area where Chucky pops up in the open back section of the couch. (laughs) I bet that was open just so they could get his wires through there. Oh, probably. He full on clocks Andy with the bat. Andy's knocked out. Norris and Karen pull up again, lights and sirens on again, like one second too late. I don't feel like they're speeding. No, I think they're just driving. If Andy's just like walking to the apartment and he's beating you. So Chucky rolls unconscious Andy over and begins the chant while Karen and Norris run up the stairs. The chant is different this time. Oh, I did not notice. It's longer. It's more, more involved. Do you know all of this one too? No, this is this one has a lot more weird words in it that okay. I don't know. But we see another localized thunderstorm still forms above the apartment building. Mm-hmm. I love that building, by the way. Oh, I know. Uh, so Norris sees the lightning through a very similar skylight to the one at the toy store. And he's like, uh-oh, That's I know not what's good. going on. So Chucky continues the chant as Karen and Norris bust into the apartment. Karen picks up Chucky and he bites at her face again. <laughs> Uh, Norris comes in to save the day, and he <laughs> once again imagine being Chris Sarandon <laughs> and seeing Catherine Hicks wrestle with this doll, yeah. that's just flailing its limbs everywhere. <laughs> so uh, Karen goes to Andy while Chucky slashes at Norris's calf. Uh, Chucky flees, and Norris gives Karen his leg holster gun. So Karen has covered Andy with her coat for some reason. He's laying on the floor knocked out, and she's like, I better cover him with a blankie. That's what moms do. Yeah, but what the kid really needs right now is a blankie. Mm-hmm. So Norris is looking around the apartment. You know, he's limping because he, he got stabbed in the leg. Yeah. There's a long shot of him standing still in Karen's room. Well, why does he, like, immediately go to Karen's room? Because Chucky ran in that direction. Oh, couldn't be because he wanted to go into Karen's room, could it? He wanted to look through her underwear yeah. drawer. Her underpanties. <laughs> if you ever see Mandy in person, make sure you say underpanties to her. No, it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, so he checks under Karen's bed and we see the low POV Chucky camera angle mm-hmm. and it charges at him and it jabs him right in the gut with a little baseball bat. And then Chucky clocks Norris with the bat and knocks him out. So Chucky's two for two. Yeah, he's batting a hundred. <laughs> A thousand. That's right. (laughs) So Karen shoots Chucky in the knee before he can finish the job on Norris. uh, But her gun jams and Chucky charges at her. She uh, bangs into the coffee table and falls. And you know what? I believe her in this scene. I think Catherine Hicks just full on slammed into that coffee table. (laughs) Uh, Chucky pulls his favorite move, tries to bite her face again. She tosses him into the fireplace. She gets the screen in place. She turns on the gas. But she can't reach the matches. The matches are too far away. She knocked him just out of reach. So Andy springs into action. He comes to help mom. He gets the match. And Chucky tries to appeal to him now. And he's like, but we're friends to the end. And then Alex Vincent does a particularly bad job of acting here. No, I loved this. And he looks at him and he goes, this is the end, friend. (laughs) And then he drops the match into the fireplace and Chucky's on fire. Um... Andy and Karen back away as he immolates. Then he kicks the screen down and he stumbles out into the room. And this is, again, obviously a little person actor. And they are 
fully engulfed in flames. Yes. And how does nothing else in the apartment catch on fire? I don't know. Because he dives onto the couch. Yes. The, excuse me, the sofa. The sofa. Uh, so Chucky screams, and uh, he he lights a couple of little fires when he touches things, but they just go right out. Yeah. And then we think he just burns to death mm-hmm. right there on the floor. The flames go out, and Norris gets his dad voice on. He's like, hey, get in here. <laughs> and they go to Norris, and they can see he's hurt. He needs help. He got stabbed in the leg. Yep. And, and hit in the head. And the tummy. Oh, no. He has a tummy ache, okay? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> so Andy goes to get the first aid kit on his own. Yeah. On his fucking own. That's smart. Good job, Mom. <laughs> so Norris wants to be filled in after his whole concussion incident, and Karen tells him that Chucky's dead. Andy gets the first aid kit and discovers that Chucky's gone, and his smoldering spot on the carpet is just empty now. So Andy runs back towards the bedroom with a, without the first aid kit that he just dropped for no reason. Well, he's scared. Chucky's going to come back. Uh, but Chucky trips him. And Chucky has the voodoo knife and he's burned as hell. And his face is all charred and melty. He looks like the Terminator. He looks pretty gnarly here. So Andy rushes into Karen's bedroom and she tries to shut the door behind him. But burnt up Chucky's trying to break in. And <laughs> Brad Dorf went full send on this line. And he's like, give me the boy and I'll let you live. <laughs> his voice is all shaken and I loved it. Um, I don't believe that he would let her live, though. No. He has a track record of being an unreliable character. Yeah. So Chucky's little hand is all charred, and we can see the little, like, metal in his fingers mm-hmm. as Karen slams the door on it. And uh, Chucky's kicking at it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to kick that door down. He's going to kick that door down. Uh, we get the low camera angle again, and it's rushing towards the other bathroom door. Because remember from earlier, there's two entrances to this bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so Karen slams into the bathroom door, and she's holding it shut, and then cut. Chucky just cuts right through the door with his little voodoo knife. <laughs> cuts Karen's hand in the process, so the voodoo knife is no joke. She's holding the door shut, she's holding it closed so hard, and Chucky's stabbing through it, and it's the knife blade is always like right next to her face. It's just getting closer and closer and closer. And she's screaming, and then the low-down camera angle, re- camera angle reveals... Uh, that Chucky's coming back through the hallway. He busts in and Karen and Andy escape through the bathroom and back into the hallway. And Chucky's demanding, give me the boy. While he walks down the hall and he's still smoldering and he's melty. And then Karen shoots Chucky several times. She blows his head off, but he keeps coming. She blows his arm off and he keeps coming. She blows his leg off and he topples to the ground. But now he's kind of army crawling towards her with his one arm. And... He's not going to stop. He's determined. So she stands above him and fires two shots into his back right against the floor. And I hope there was no one in the apartment downstairs. <laughs> if so, they just caught a bullet in their pizza rolls. Yeah. So uh, she fires the revolver empty and kind of dry fires at a couple of clicks. And then the fancy mustachioed partner man comes in. And now Karen points the gun at him and he just puts his hands up and goes, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> So Norris calls out from the bedroom. They run to him and the partner calls calls in officer down. They have a 10 minute response time for an officer down. Yeah. But like, the- like we got 10 minutes to talk about this. Like, <laughs> dude, what if he was really hurt? What if he didn't just have a tummy ache? Well, we've established that the cops in Chicago don't speed. So, well, yeah, that's true. And they don't try to get the killer either. No. They just drive past him. 
So Norris tells his partner that Chucky is alive and almost killed them all. And the partner's like, uh huh. So Norris is like, hey, you don't believe me? Go check the hallway. It's scattered all over the place out there. How did he know that? He was in the bedroom the whole time nursing his tummy ache. That's exactly what my note says. (laughs) I said, how does he know? He's been in the bedroom the whole time. Yeah, he's been in there going through the panty drawer. Um, But he does instruct his partner, don't you touch any of it. touch it. So his partner goes in the hallway, sees the pieces of Chucky. He taps the head a bunch of times because he's not supposed to touch it. Of course. He picks up the head and he's just, (laughs) he's kind of acting like an asshole. Yes. He carries it in and he's like, I want you to take a look at this because there's no way this thing is alive. And Norris reiterates, you shouldn't have touched it. Mm -hmm. And the partner says, it's as dead as they come. And he slams his hand on the head. And then the vent behind the partner explodes out, revealing the doll body. How did it get in the vent? I don't know. But it did. My question is, what? who does Mustache think injured Detective Norris? Andy. So is he, why is he not like, <laughs> um, well, I don't know what the word I want to say is. Like, why isn't he apprehending them? Yeah. Like, I think I'd be handcuffing some people just in case. Yeah. Or at least locking them in a room or something. Yeah. So now the doll arm is just sticking out of the vent, and it's choking the the officer, or the the partner. This is bad. While the head is going, choke him, kill him, rip his throat out! (laughs) I love it. Uh, The partner wrestles with the burned up doll body, and he spins around in circles a bunch of times. And his spinning knocks the head to the floor. Well, Norris has a gun now. I think he just grabbed the one from Karen and reloaded it, maybe? Maybe. So uh, Karen takes the body off of Norris's partner and tosses it at the wall near the where the head's laying. The body pulls itself up by the one good arm using the curtain, and the head continues to shout encouragement for the body, and he's like, go kill him, yeah, do it! It's a good little cheerleader. <laughs> so Karen reminds Norris that they need to shoot it in the heart. So Norris takes aim, boom, first shot to the little doll body, right in the heart, and it explodes gore and blood onto the wall behind it. And then the head screams as the body falls. And then the we can see where the eyebrows used to be on the head. And we can kind of see that the eyebrows soften into a, a more pleasant expression. And then the doll head goes, Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? And it goes wanna, back to the doll voice. I don't want to play with that, Chucky. It's not Brad Dorif's voice anymore. It's the, the doll voice. And Norris asks his partner, do you believe me now? And his partner responds with, yeah, but who's going to believe me? Which was very dramatic. Yeah. So now we hear the sirens approaching. And now all of a sudden, Detective Norris can stand up on his own. Well, yeah. The cops are coming. I can't let them see me like this. No. I got to stand up. Don't tell them I had a tummy ache earlier. (laughs) So Andy surveys the whole scene. And then Karen pulls him out of the... uh, the room to go to the hospital with Mike. They're just going to go to the hospital with Mike now. Mike's his new dad. Well, yeah, there was obviously some sexual tension going on between them. He called her a spirited lady. Mm-hmm. So uh, she turns off the light and some dramatic piano music starts to play. Andy looks back at the dead doll as Karen shuts the door. Just before the door shuts, we freeze frame on Andy's face looking through the crack. And credits. Worst ending shot ever yeah it wasn't great but i put there's a skeleton t- skeleton key 
And those are cool. Those are cool. I like skeleton key. I do too. I like skeletons also. And, and then I said that, that Q's theme, which I paid no attention to throughout this movie. It's a good theme though. <laughs> it's very music boxy, very childlike. So on to the body count. Sure. We have a body count of six. Charles Lee Ray shot and bled out, I guess. Or yeah. Soul bled out. Mandy's hitting things. I'm sorry. She's so violent. Uh, Maggie Peterson hammered to the face and fell out the window after stumbling backwards for 67 feet. Uh, Eddie Caputo blown up in a house. John the voodoo man. Uh, voodoo doll breakage and heart stab. Yeah. Dr. Ardmore electrocuted a lot. <laughs> uh, Chucky. Shot in the heart after a rough night. I put torn to shreds, burned, finally shot through the heart. <laughs> All right. I want to hear your reactions. I forgot to write them down, so you're just going to get them like, oh, 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 oh. for real. It's not great. <laughs> um, It is what it is. It's, it's not great. It's fantastic. N- no, it's, it's, uh, there's not a lot of plot points, and I feel like the things I had questions about should have been answered in those plot points. That's why we get sequels. Oh, do I find out more? Yeah. Oh, you find out a lot more. Okay. Well, that'll answer those questions. Yeah. And then you can watch the TV show. Oh my gosh. So many options. But I feel like it was just really like chopped together. Yeah. Well, hearing that it was an over two hour cut and then they lowered it to 87 minutes with credits. Yeah. I bet they uh, cut a lot of good stuff out. Any other reactions? Nope. I'm yawning. (laughs) Um, My reactions are, I've always loved this movie. I always will love this movie. Uh, Even watching it critically and kind of seeing its shortcomings, it doesn't make me love it any less. Really? It's a perfectly fun slasher movie of of its time. Um, It's ridiculous, but that like just makes it more fun to watch. It's a total popcorn turn off your brain movie. Yes. And I would watch this over almost any Oscar winning best picture ever made. Well, um, there's a lot of bad Oscar winners. Oh, that's our dog barking. <laughs> um, as soon as we, as soon as I got done watching it, I was like, oh, I really want to watch the sequel, but I have to go to bed. <laughs> uh, I love the premise. I love the delivery. I love the camp. I love the cheese. The score, the bad acting, the plot holes. I just, I loved it. You're describing a terrible movie. (laughs) I know, but I loved it. And I I think I love it so much because it just brings me back to all those like 12-year-old sleepovers with my friends. Where you're just having fun and giggling. Yeah, we're just eating Doritos and drinking soda. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any production facts? I do. Um, The voice actor of Chucky, Brad Dorif, is that how you say his last name? I think so. Okay. And the Chucky creator, the guy that created the doll, his name is Kevin Yager. Mm-mm. They had never met in person until 2018. Really? Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. And then they met like at a like Comic-Con or something like that. But yeah, they'd never met in person. Kevin Yager is a god. Um, Chris Sarandon was originally billed to be as the top star, but he requested that Catherine Hicks be since he felt that she carried the movie, which... Good on Chris Sarandon. Yeah. Like, that's good for his time. Um, And then I liked this one, too. So Ed Gale was the guy that was hired to play Chucky. Mm-hmm. Like, um, when he was on fire. 
And since he was 30% taller than the doll, they created a living room set that was 30% bigger. <laughs> So that he would be the right size. That'd be so fun to go through is like... A full-sized adult. Yeah, like, just like walk through there and be like, look at this giant armchair. Yeah. But I'm like, well, that's innovative. I mean... Yeah. It's like a forced perspective. That's all I have for facts. All right. Do you have facts? I do. Uh, so Don Mancini came up with the idea based on the childhood or the child marketing boom of the 1980s. He also made Andy fatherless due to his own father being an advertising executive and a dick. Oh. The initial titles for the movie were Batteries Not Included, which actually ended up becoming a movie about like robot aliens. Yes, it's later a Steven on. Spielberg movie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, the second working title for it was Bloody Buddy. Oh. But um, they thought they might get sued by the My Buddy people. Yeah. Hi, Jet. So Steven Spielberg actually suggested Tom Holland as the director. He heard that they were going to be making this movie, and he's like, you know what? You guys should give Tom Holland a shot. Uh-oh. Uh, wind chills were as low as negative 50 Fahrenheit during the filming, because they were actually filming on location. Oh, so it was cold. In January and February in Ooh, Chicago. Oh, yeah. Chucky's name comes from Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. Uh-oh. Nine people were used to make the doll move. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a lot of people. And the original cut shown to test audiences was 25 minutes longer and featured more Chucky. Oh. Why would they cut Chucky out? I don't know. <laughs> to move the plot along faster. Do you have any goofs? The only goof I found was that Mike telling Mustache that Chucky's body was strewn about the hallway. Yes. Even though he couldn't have known that. Uh, let's see. I wrote down, uh, I noticed that Dr. Ardmore had blood coming out of his mouth and eyes until after he dies. And then there's no more blood coming out of his eyes. And then he spits out a big pool of blood <laughs> out of his mouth. Like, where did where'd all your eye blood go? It disappears. Oh, yeah. I wrote Detective Norris knows everything that happened in that hallway. Yeah. Even, Even though, though he, he was, had a tummy ache. Yeah. Okay. Who are you? I put that I think we're both Karen. Because we love our child and we would fight to advocate for him. Although we definitely would have believed him sooner. Yes. I, I, I don't agree that I'm Karen. Okay. Because you don't want to be a Karen. I don't like that name. <laughs> <laughs> um. I put that you are Karen's boss from the store. Oh, thanks. Because you're snarky and authoritative. Oh, and you want to punch me in the dick? You don't have one, but oh. if you did, I'd try. Okay. I put down that I am Detective Norris's partner. You just wanted to have a mustache like him. I can't take anything seriously, and I really don't care about my job. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. All right. Uh, so final thoughts? You want to know what I rated it? I do. Is it going to hurt me? It's probably going to hurt you. I gave it a three out of ten. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. I, I said I, I only found it entertaining as a comedy. It just had a lot of ridiculous things. Um, Maggie falling out of the window is probably my favorite scene out of everything we've watched so far. <laughs> because it was so terrible. Oh, she's flailing the whole <laughs> she, way down. It's just, it's not good. Um, I'll give them props on the doll. 
Mm-hmm. Because he did feel very, very real throughout the movie. Yes. Like, I, it was easy to, like, suspend disbelief and see him as alive. Um, the plot was meh and felt rushed and undefined. And, yeah. You kind of broke my heart. Sorry. So I rated it a 7 out of 10. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Um, I'm unapologetic in my love for this movie. <laughs> and after I finished my notes... I started it again for my third watch in one week. Are you serious? Yep. I knew I could only make it like 20 minutes into it, but oh. I just, I had to keep going. Um, Alex Vincent wasn't great at all times, but for a little kid actor carrying a movie. He did pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really carry the movie. Well, but, but he was an integral part of it. Yeah. Uh, the cheese and camp of it just makes it more endearing to me. And, you know, despite the plot complications and the goofs and some questionable acting, I'm just always going to love it. Yeah. I, just- I think had I seen it younger, like you said, like in like the sleepover era. Yeah. I think it might have made a bigger impression, but seeing it as like an adult. I also think this movie does a really good job of building suspense. Like the scene with Maggie where we see like him dragging the chair and then, eh. you know, she just hears the thump and she goes and she's like, why the hell is the front door unlocked? Yeah. Like, all, just all the little things like that. I just didn't view it as suspenseful. I think you need to watch it again. I've watched it twice and the second time was too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have an aggregate score of five out of ten. That hurts me. I'm sorry. Um, would you like to do the socials or do you want me to? You can this time. All right, if you'd like to check us out on the social medias, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash franchise frights pod, on Instagram at franchise frights pod, on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called now at F frights pod, and on Snapchat, F frights pod. Make sure you tune in next Thursday. Next week. We're going to watch Night of the Living Dead. Ooh. The original. The original. The original. Yes. Black and white. Black and white. So good. Yes. Love it. (laughs) Are we going to fight about that too? Well, we'll get into it next week. Okay. So until then, (laughs) remember, remember, they they always come come back. back.